us as a church. We thank you, Lord, for how well you brought us as a people. We thank you, Lord, even for the victory of yesterday. Thank you, Lord, even in the midst of the storm, even when it looks as if all hope is lost, you remain faithful. Thank you, Abba Father. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. And if you're joining us for the first time, every month we have anchor for the month. And this is our month of spiritual or supernatural enthronement. Hallelujah. Have we all been blessed so far this, this month? Amen. I want to thank God's servant for the privilege to bring the word. Amen. Thank you so much, sir. So we'll be continuing this um, this afternoon. Uh, the thing I like about us coming together, especially as a church, as a people, whenever we're together, is that God moves in so mighty, mysterious ways. Hallelujah. Perhaps all we have to do today is just to read the word. Perhaps all we need is just a Bible verse. And I believe that as we read the Bible together, as we read God's word together, there is power that comes from the word of God. Hallelujah. So beyond the person holding the mic, beyond the person speaking, I just want us to focus on God. Hallelujah. And I pray that God will help us in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's open our Bibles to 1 Peter chapter 2. Okay. Let's have that back. There we go. Okay. So today we'll be continuing um, on the subject of uh, supernatural enthronement. And the title of the sermon, uh, very quickly, is You and I will be chosen for royalty. Amen. Amen. I don't know about you, uh, but that alone, that I am a royalty, you are a royalty, that's so powerful. So we'll be reading the word of God um, today from First Peter chapter 2, from verse 4 to 10. First Peter chapter 2, from verse 4 to 10. Uh, Peter writing, says, You are coming to Christ, who is the living stone of God's temple. He was rejected by people but he was chosen by God for great honor. You are living stones that God is building into his spiritual temple. What is more, you are his holy priest. Through the mediation of Jesus Christ, you offer spiritual sacrifices that please God. And as the scripture says, I am placing a cornerstone in Jerusalem chosen for great honor and anyone who trusts in him will never be praised. Hallelujah. I did warn you, all we have to do is to read the word of God. Hallelujah. I want to read that last part again. Anyone who trusts him will never be praised. So just put your hand in your chest and say, Lord, I will be distressed. The Bible says they look unto him and they were not ashamed. He said, but their faces became radiant. Lord, this month and beyond, everything that I do, everything that pertains to my life and my family, I will not be disgraced in the name of Jesus. Why? Because we put our anchor in the Lord. And so shall it be in the name of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Yes, you who trust him, recognize the honor God has given him. But for those who reject him, the stone that the builder rejected has now become the cornerstone. And he is the stone that makes people stumble. 
the rocks that make them fall. They stumble because they do not obey God's word. And so they meet the fate that was planned for them. Hallelujah. But you are not like them. Hallelujah. You are not like them. For you are a chosen people. You are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's very own possession. And as a result, you can show others the goodness of God. For he called you out of darkness into his wonderful life. Once you had once you had no identity as a people, now you are God's people. Once you received no mercy, now you have received God's mercy. I don't know about you. Why not just say, Lord, thank you for your identity. Thank you, Lord, for your mercy. Hallelujah. When somebody says, who are you? Do you know who you are? Who are you? I am chosen of God. I am special. I am royalty. Everything about me is for God. And God is truly, truly faithful concerning what pertains to my life. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen. Amen. The style will be a bit different, so please do tag along. Okay? It's like you go to the supermarket for sandwich, but then you see spice and you put it in the basket. Hallelujah. Yeah? And you see bread and you put it in the basket. Yeah? Put in your basket as many things as possible because God is here. I did warn you, just forget the person holding the mic, but I believe that God is doing something wonderful. Hallelujah. God is doing something mighty. Even in the few minutes that we'll be spending here, there will be prophetic words that will be coming from this altar. If you are able to write, write them. Because in meetings like this, destinies are transformed. In meetings like this, words are released that plant us and mount us for that next level in the name of Jesus. We are all royalty and throughout the month, pastor has been laying that solid foundation about what God has done for us on the cross of Calvary. And as we read the words of Peter, Peter was reaffirming those words. You know, it's one thing for somebody to try to explain who Jesus is. It's one thing for you to try to watch a movie to say, who is this Jesus? But for Peter, this was somebody that actually walked with Jesus. Hallelujah. Peter was a close disciple to Jesus. And Peter was writing these words to us. And it's still real today that everything that pertains to your life, Christ has paid that utmost price on the cross of Calvary. And the key word is, don't let anyone cajole you. Don't anyone try to give you a false illumination or a false, a false impression of who you are. Who you are in Christ is a new person. Who you are in Christ is so unique. It's so special. You have an identity. Hallelujah. Even while you may have a Nigerian passport, you have a British passport, you have God's kingdom passport. And that is all that you need. Hallelujah. And Jesus Christ has set the pattern for us on what it means to be a royalty. The word of God says that as Jesus is, so are we in this life. He has set that pattern of not just being a king, not just being a prophet, he was also a priest. So the call to be royalty is a call to two distinct offices. And I think Pastor was saying this last Sunday. 
God has ordained all. Like the anchor scripture for this month in Revelation 1 6, that God has made us kings and priests unto our God, his Father. Hallelujah. The role of kings, they are to rule. Kings rule, kings make decrees. Kings capture and take territory. Hallelujah. Kings rule. They make decrees over territories. They go to war. They fight. What you call the, the good fight of faith. Priests, they stand in the gap. They are mediators. And God is saying, I have bring you to these two key offices. In other words, you are powerful. Hallelujah. You are powerful, brother. Why? Because there is something that God has already done in you and is continuing to do in you that you can rule over any form of difficulty. You can rule over every form of challenges. You can rule over every form of anxiety that the devil will bring you on way. But in addition to that, you can influence, you can mediate, you can bring flavor and favor to everywhere you go. The word of God said, if Jesus filled with Holy Ghost and power, he went about doing good. Why? Because of the grace of God that is in his life. And Jesus has said this template for you and I to follow. That wherever we go, queen indeed. Wherever you go, be a king indeed. Whatever you do, let the mindset, the way you see things, the way you think, how you go about your daily business, carry yourself as a king. Hallelujah. Carry yourself as a queen. Carry yourself as a priest. A priest who mediates between God and men. And then I often tell the uh, brothers and sisters in the prayer team, that every time you hear of an information, somebody come and complain to you, it is a trigger that you should go on your priestly role and mediate or pray for those people. Because that is what God has called us into. Hallelujah. And very quickly, we can identify three key roles for kings in this kingdom. We are now part of God's kingdom. Kings operate with authority. Kings operate with power. Everything that pertains to kings, there is a way they dress, there is a way they speak, there is a way they carry themselves, there is a way kings talk, there is a way kings talk. Priest has a, a uniform, a, a role that they play. They are so unique. We don't talk because we want to talk. We don't behave because we just want to behave anyhow. No, everything about us is so special. And God wants us as kings who are ruling and reigning in this life to rule over our body. It's not about, oh, you are not a king. It means that you oppress people. That you are not a king. It means that, oh, I mean, when you look at it on the news and you have men who, who beat their wife, that is a wrong demonstration of kingship. Hallelujah. Rule, it's based on love. It's based, that is why we started by saying, the example, the epitome, the template for our kingship, the template for our priesthood is Jesus. 
the Bible says, as he is in this life, so are we. Proverbs 25:28 says, Whosoever has no rule over his own spirit is like a broken city without walls. And that's that's dangerous. To have a city without walls, you must have control over your body. You can't eat everything, you can't do everything. The Bible says all things are lawful, but it's not all that are expedient. Even as a matter of fact, some in the Bible is said it's not of kings to drink wine. It may be applicable to everybody, but because we are unique, because our identity is special, we can't be like everybody else. Hallelujah. Our kingship and our rulership doesn't end here. Even the Bible says in Revelation chapter 5 that we will reign with Christ when he comes. It is an everlasting reign. It's not a temporary promise. No, it is something that lasts forever. You are a priest. Demonstrating the power of God wherever we go. The role of priests, like I mentioned, is to mediate. What are we mediating? What of God says in Romans chapter 12, that we present our body as a living sacrifice. God wants us to offer ourselves as a living sacrifice. Sacrifices of praise. And somebody will say, oh, I'm not good enough. How can I offer my body? It's not because of who you are or what you've done. No. It's because the Bible says we love him. Why? Because he first loved us. And as a priest, God wants us to offer ourselves every day to him and say, Lord, here I am. Use me. Here I am. Whatever you would do with me. But we know that the plan of God for our life is always plans of good and not of evil. As a priest, he wants us to offer sacrifices of praise. You know, when you read Hebrews 13, the Bible says, Therefore, let us continually offer this sacrifice of praise unto God. Let the fruits of our lives always be fruits of thanksgiving. In good times, in bad times, just keep praising God. My father of blessed memory, he, he was a praiser like a David. Every opportunity is singing, is dancing. And every, as a young boy, I was asking him, oh, what? you are so excited. He said, oh, my God is good. And that is powerful. Let your attitude always be that of thanksgiving. You may not be there yet, but always know that God is always walking. You may not see it. Don't let the fruits of your lips be fruits of complaints, be fruits of excuse. Be appreciative unto God. Appreciation to God is evidence and attitude to God saying, Lord, we are grateful for who you are and we are grateful for what you're doing. It's not just all about what we are receiving now. No. God is always doing something mighty in our life. Another role of a priest is the role of intercession for God's people and God's purpose. It is the role of the priest to stand in the gap. As parents, as fathers, we must be intercessors. As Christians, every time, everywhere, the priest stands before God and says, Lord, here are your people. We may not be physically present in, UK, in Ukraine, excuse me, but you can go on your knees and pray. You may not have the means to help somebody, but you can pray. Hallelujah. It is a role of priests to pray. Everyone has been called into the office of prayer. Everyone has been called into the office of intercession. 
If something is not working well, pray. If something is working well, pray. In good times, pray. In bad times, pray. If you think you've held the target, pray. Pray because that is what God has called us into. Office of intercession. He wants us to keep praying. And when you think you've prayed, pray again. Hallelujah. Pray for the advancement of God's kingdom. Even as a member of the church, you can pray and say, Lord, let your purpose be done. Why? Because that is what God has called us into. And I pray that God will help us in Jesus' name. So very quickly, I'm conscious of our time. What should be the attitude of royalty? How should we live our life? I'm going to run through very quickly. Six nuggets. Six nuggets for this life of royalty. Remember what Peter says, that you are a royal priesthood. You know, in Elizabeth, is a queen. Yeah? You have a king. As far as our world is concerned, you are a king that rules over people. But in our case, it says we are royal priesthood. We are king priest. Hallelujah. Two offices in one, king priest. So very six quick nuggets. The first one, and I think this is me speaking to myself. God is saying as a king, as a priest, make sure that you always hold your head up high. Kings don't walk looking down. They walk looking up with grace. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 8 says, we often suffer, but we are never crushed. Even when we don't know what to do, we never give up. It is not of kings to give up. It is not of kings to give the baton. Life may be tough. Things are happening. There are lots of challenges here and there. But as a king who has been graced by God, your call is to rule. Your call is to fight. And continue to fight. Don't give up. Hallelujah. You know, we are uh, currently doing um, driving, driving lessons, Pastor. So, and uh, you know what driving, when you are learning to drive for the first time, yeah, then we, we got to this, uh, this road, very busy with lots of hazard. I'm like, yeah, you have to make decision. And uh, my missus just let go of the steering. I'm like, ah, how am I supposed to do it? You've got the brakes, you've got the steering, you've got the clutch, you've got everything. And that is our reality in life. You hold the steering. If you have to hold the, if you have to mash the brake, mash the brake. If you have to bring the handbrake on, bring the handbrake on. If you have to stop the car, stop the car. But the only thing God does not want you to do is to give up. And say, so I'm going to let go of the steering. I've had enough. It is not of kings to give up. The marriage may not be working. But with God, it's going to work with time. You are a warrior. You are a fighter. Don't give up. Is the word of God to us this morning. Don't give up. Don't give up. Say the battle is won and the victory is won. And as far as we are here on earth, we are always fighting. Hallelujah. We may win some, we may lose some, but we'll keep on fighting. And the good news to us this afternoon is that life is tough, they say. But there's a better news. You are tough. Hallelujah. Life is tough, yes. But I'm even tough. And in reality, we are tougher than any problem that may come our way. Problems yesterday, problems today, problems tomorrow. 
we are tough at why? It's not because of our own making that we are tough. Christ in me. Greater is he that is in you. Greater is he that is in me than anything that may demonstrate or show itself. Why not say to yourself, I will not give up. I will hold my head up high. Why not turn that into a prayer? The Lord, my mindset, I will not quit. Winners never quit. Tough times never last that tough people do. Perhaps there is a reason, there is something happening in your life, and you're saying, enough of this, I'm going to give up. I'm going to raise the button and just give up. I'm going to let go of that step. No! God is not done with you here. Every spirit of giving up, every spirit of crash landing, in the name that is above all name, we pull down that mindset in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. The next attitude. Oh, it's gone again. Not enough today. Hallelujah. The next point is, it is the role of royalty to have the right perspective about God. The right perspective about God. Who is God to you? Our perspective of God is so important if we want to be effective in that which God has called us to do. Like I mentioned before, the kingdom of God is not a meritocracy. It's not about what you've done, what you are, what you are able to do. No, it's about the grace of God in our life. And all we have to do is to always look up to Jesus. You know, most times we'll complain and say, oh, I can't feel God. I can't feel the presence of God. The truth is, God never moves away from us. If we feel that we are distancing our way from God, it's an evidence that we've changed something in our life. Perhaps a priority has changed. Perhaps a mentality has changed. Perhaps we've changed something in our Christian work with God. God never moves away. He's always here. He's always with you. Is closer to you than you can ever imagine. Perspective is everything. What do you, what's your perspective about God? How do you see God? God just a bread provider? Or is he a father indeed? As a king, we must have the right perspective about God. You know, as I was preparing for this, uh, the word of God came to me, and you probably noticed on the screen that there's a little square there uh, on that uh, magnifier. The reality is that the more we know of God's love, the bigger that love becomes. Hallelujah. So for those who are not sleeping, look at my slide. Okay? The more we know God, the more we know God, what is happening? The more we want to know Him. The bigger, the better it becomes. Hallelujah. So perhaps you are there, and all you can see is a God that provides bread. The more you know Him, oh, go on now. There we go. The more you know him, the more you want to know him. The more we know him, the better we want to know him. His love for us is everlasting. It's from, from infinity to infinity. The more you love him, the more you want to love him. Hallelujah. The more you give to him, the more you want to give to him. That is why somebody can say, 
Say, I want to worship God for two minutes. You ended up worship, worshiping for one hour. Why? Because his love keeps growing bigger and bigger. That is why in our own physical domain, you can have a picture, and the picture has a static frame. When it comes to God, God cannot be compartmentalized. The more we see his picture, the more his picture becomes bigger. His picture of love, his picture of grace, his grace for us is endless. Somebody will say, oh, what this grace is, I am a sinner, I am a, a, a permanent sinner. There's no how permanent, there's no how wide your sins are. The love of God is even bigger still. And the Lord is saying, as a king, as a priest, as a royalty, your perspective of God has to be right. Have the right perspective. What is this perspective? That God is with me. Hallelujah. That God is for me. That God is in you. That is working everything together for your good. That whatever God is doing, Romans 8.28 says, all things are working together for my good, for your good. And I pray that the Lord will help us richly in Jesus' name. God is for us. God is with us. He's always working. The next point is for us to understand the limitation of Satan. Okay, we give Satan too much credit than he deserves. Remember that Satan was a former employee of heaven who was not up to the job and he was fired. Hallelujah. We give Satan so much, so much room, so much emphasis. Of course, the Bible says, Be sober, be vigilant. Your adversary, the devil, goes about like a rolling lion. But in reality, the devil, no matter how powerful, no matter how the antics of the devil, is beneath us. Hallelujah. That which God has given to us, we are empowered, we are grace, and the devil is beneath us. The scripture we read says, for he has called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Ephesians 2 verse 6 says, he has raised up us together and made us to sit in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Ephesians 1.22 says that God placed all things under his feet and has appointed him to be head over everything including the devil. All the devil is is a liar. All the devil is is a deceiver. All the devil is is a manipulator. The thief cometh not but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. That is what the devil is doing. You are the winner. You are the victor. At times, you may be low. And at times, the temperature may be low. But even as a Christian, in your lowest of states, you are still on top of the devil. So do not allow the devil try to deceive you and try to give you that false sense of insecurity and tell you that you are not good enough. You can't be up to anything. There is greater in you than what is in the world. Know that the devil is limited. Why we try to cast and bound the Lord? Let's create more room in worshiping God. Let's magnify God and demagnify the devil. And I pray that the Lord will help us in Jesus' name. It is of kings, it is of priests to know the limitation of the devil. The devil is limited in power. Do not give him so much credit. Do not allow him. If for some reason you are feeling the weight of darkness, stand up and speak the word of the Lord. The Bible says he has given us power to trend upon serpents and scorpions. If you wake up as a married man, as a married woman, and you notice that the environment in your family is becoming a bit clouded, stand up and speak Morocco, Suku, Libra, Hebrew, and the devil will flee. 
The devil is scared of you. Speak the word of the Lord. Resist the devil by the word of God. And he will flee. Hallelujah. The next point is, as a king, recognize and know the needs of people. Life is about people. You know, when you look at the ministry of Jesus, there were different class of people. There were those people whom Jesus ministered to, whom Jesus preached to. He fell them, he healed them. There were other class of people that ministered to Jesus. So, for example, people that received the ministry of Jesus, you could classify somebody like Zacchaeus, for example, to be in that, in that category. You could classify somebody like uh, Mary Magdalene to be in that, in that category. There were other people that served Jesus, that actually ministered to Jesus. So, for example, Mary and Martha will fall into, into that category. There were some people that did not minister to Jesus. They did not receive the, the ministry of Jesus. For example, the Pharisees will fall into that category. But the point I'm trying to make here is, from 1 Peter 2 verse 9 said, as a result that you can show others the goodness of God, irrespective of whether they minister to you, they receive your ministry, or they don't receive your ministry. The Pharisees, they gave Jesus a tough time. Still, Jesus loved them, nevertheless. Our call as royalty is for people. It doesn't matter. So the word priest came from the Latin word pontifex. And pontifex means two words. It means to make and to bridge. As a priest, as a Christian, it's your role to always build bridge between God and men. Whether those men accept your ministry or not, the Bible says we don't owe anyone anything except, except love. It doesn't matter. Whether they are enemies of these, they've done this in the past. All as a priest that you've been called to do, this higher calling is to be a bridge builder. That is your role as a priest. Always building bridge. The reason why God has endowed you so much, why God has given you so much, is for you to continue to be a bridge builder. And I find this quote from John Piper. He said, why does God bless us with so much abundance? So that we can have enough to live on then use the rest for all manner of good works that alleviates spiritual and physical mystery. Enough for us, abundance for others. The reason why you are shining so bright is so that you can be a light for somebody else. Hallelujah. Why you are coming and dancing to the altar with a, a fat back account, fat salary. The reason why God allowed that to happen is that you can be a bridge to others. Hallelujah. And as we are sitting here today, you are the answer to the prayer point of somebody, somewhere. That person may be here. Hallelujah. You are the answer to somebody's prayer point. Perhaps some of the shoes in your wardrobe, they are the answer to somebody's prayer point somewhere. Hallelujah. Perhaps some of those wigs and makeups, they are the answers to somebody's prayer point. What God has given to you is for you to be a light and a bridge to somebody else. You know, Apostle Selman said this, all things come from God, true men to men. 
If God wants to bless your neighbor, most times he starts blessing you. Because through you, your neighbor will be blessed. Hallelujah. If you think that God is enlarging your territory, he's enlarging it because as a king, whether for those who are Nigerians, whether they vote for you or they don't vote for you, you are a president for all. Hallelujah. You are a king for all people. Those unbelievers or non-unbelievers, they may look good, they may not look good. All we have to do is to continue to offer that bread. And you are saying, but how will the change come? Poor plant, Apollos water, increase comes from. Poor plant, Apollos water, increase comes from God. If your role is to plant, keep on planting. If your role is to water, keep on watering. There is no if, there is no how. No, just keep on. And the Lord will bless us in Jesus' name. The next attitude of royalty is that royalty understands what noise is. And they always learn to silence the noise. Time will fail me to go into this, but as an engineer, even as I'm talking now, there are lots of noise that is in the atmosphere that you don't see. Whenever you pick your mobile phone and you want to make a call as you are speaking, there is noise from the device itself. There is noise from the cloud. But what the science would do is to pass this noise through a filter. So if you can see that, for example, the blue trace is what I'm saying, which is my speech at some frequencies. But the red sinusoid there is noise. But what we do as Christians is that we pass them through the word of God. There are so many noise amongst us. So many noise. Anything we look at, there are so many noise. And because there are so many noise from social media, noise from people, you know, even Job, where his wife, they got married, they born children, they built, a, they built wealth together. At some point in Job's life, the wife became noise. Why don't you cause God and die? That is why you must, as a royalty, always, always, always prioritize the voice of God. Not all advice, not all voices are of God. You must always learn to pass everything that comes your way through the lenses, through the filters of God. Do not squeeze God out of the equation. Always take out time because God is always speaking. The fact is that God is never silent. He's always speaking. But most times, the reason why we don't hear from God is because there are so many noise that is around us. And as believers, we must allow God to always speak. We must use the word of God. Allow the Holy Spirit. Always consult the Holy Spirit. In everything that you do, consult the Holy Spirit and is able to filter out every noise that is around us. And very lastly, Master your niche. Find them and master them. Like I said, king for everybody, priest of build bridges. For each and every one of us, we have been called into a unique area of specialty. You have to find it. You have to master it. For those who are looking at those images on the screen, so many years ago, a Christian like you came to Swansea and she realized that there was an underrepresentation of African ethnic minorities in Swansea. We started the ACC. Um, Pastor Jeff and myself, we are board uh, members in that, in that group. Very recently, a brother of ours, again, another Musho friend, and I think Dr. Shola is part of this, recognized that there is a prevailing rate of mental health, and the brother started this organization called uh, the, the Mental Health Support. What is your niche area? 
Every one of us has been called to contribute in one area. Find it. It could be singing. It could be dancing. Hallelujah. The carpets we are looking at here, some people come secretly every Saturday to do those cleaning. They found their niche area. You have something unique that you can contribute, not only to the church, but to the wider society. King for all. Priest to build bridges for all. If you think there is no cure for cancer yet, perhaps that is your niche area. Look up to God, and God is able to provide that wisdom. Hallelujah. Amen. Apologies for overshooting, but we're going to be praying just two prayer points uh, this afternoon. Let's start with what is your niche area? Ask God to tell you. Father, in the name of Jesus. The word of God said he has called us as believers. He has redeemed us and he has graced us with these special talents. This special grace. Each and every one of us has been graced with one gift in all the other. You know, what we do for God can fall into different categories. You can see what you do for God as just a job that pays your bills and pays your salary. You know, when the job goes, the excitement goes. You can see what you do for God as a career. You, know, you need that as a stepping stone to the next level. Or you can see what you do for God as a calling. That through what I'm doing for God, I will influence people. I will be a kingdom influencer. Through what I do for God, I will bring light to many. The ACC has offered so much, so much support over the years since inception. The uh, mental health organization continues to impact lives. What is your niche area? What is God calling you to do? You are chosen for reality to bring light to many, to bring life to many. And I pray in the name of Jesus, perhaps there are still powers that are holding us bound, that is still making us to adapt ourselves. Father, in the name of Jesus, we break out every mental blockage in the name of Jesus. Perhaps Satan is still oppressing us and still making us to doubt our identity. In the name of Jesus, we break out every satanic blockage that is limiting us from fulfilling destiny in the name of Jesus. Perhaps you're watching us today, you haven't made the Lord Jesus, your Lord and personal Savior. Why not just pray and say, Lord, here I am, oh God. You said to Jeremiah, before you were formed, I have ordained, already chosen you and ordained you to be a voice. Thank you, Lord. We come before you and we surrender our life to you. Be our Savior, Lord. Take charge of our life. Take control. We open our heart to you in the name of Jesus. And Father, we thank you, Lord, for the word that we have heard today. Your word has not come to condemn us, but it has come to give us light. It has come to give us illumination to be better Christians and better people, better fathers and better mothers, better believers, oh God, in this society of ours. We pray, oh God, that you help us, oh God, to live, oh God, to maximum potential in the name of Jesus. Blessed be your name, Lord, for in Jesus' mighty name we pray with thanksgiving. Amen.